What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Paint podcast presented by Ball is Life. Devin Ugland here along with the co-host, Ronnie Flores. Um, so we're almost to episode 10 and, you know, we appreciate everyone's uh, listens. I think we're close to almost 1,500 listens already. Um, so if you're one of our fans, we really appreciate it. Um, and if you have time, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, all that stuff. It all helps us out. Um and today we're going to start off the show with our probing the paint topic, which is uh, in the NBA, and that's Anthony Davis requesting a trade from the New Orleans Pelicans um, through his agent, Rich Paul. Um, this happened a couple days ago, reported by Woj from ESPN, as usual. Um, and one of the biggest takeaways here is obviously he wants to be traded to a team Uh that will help him win consistently and compete for an NBA championship. Um, a lot of people think that the Lakers are the potential destination, kind of where he wants to go. Um, but there's other teams out there with plenty of assets and things of that nature. We're going to break all of that down. Um, Ronnie, the deal is probably going to be imminent because his contract, he can walk away in the summer of 2020 for absolutely nothing and Pelicans get absolutely nothing out of it. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. But here's where I want to throw to you first, since you're kind of the historical mind here is do you recall a player of this stature at any other point in NBA history? Who's requested a trade in this manner? Yeah. Let's talk about it. If you want to yeah, just no, historically. Just, yeah. Historically. I mean, people talk about Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, and Shaquille O'Neal. There's a diehard Kobe Bryant base. And I think, the fans in LA have shifted to Kobe more than Shaq over the years, just because Shaq left yep. again and yeah. he wasn't drafted here. Obviously, he was drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves. People don't know his agent. Also, had a lot of juice at the time. Leonard Armado. He didn't want Shaq to play for the Timberwolves and kind of forced their hands there to make a trade with Orlando. A lot, so of, Orlando people, a lot of people probably don't know that. Yeah, I mean, I think Leonard Armado at the time was involved with the AVP. And, you know, I maybe he might have even been what Shaq was paying him and maybe other NBA players was kind of funding it, if I'm not mistaken. So it's just a little history there. But Shaq basically forced a trade on on before he got drafted. And then you go later, talk about Kobe. He asked for Shaq, a trade. <laughs> Shaq leaves. Shaq with his water gun down in Miami guarantees the Heat a championship. Two years later, he delivers. Three years later, Kobe's asking for a trade because the Lakers are terrible. Right. But which is obviously the the Kobe love love train doesn't really remember People, that. They forget nowadays. that. Yeah, they, they forget they, that. They choose to forget it. Yep. They choose to forget it. And um so there has been a, a player of that magnitude. I remember I was at USA basketball's scrimmage in two thousand seven in Las Vegas. They're preparing for the Redeem team two thousand eight. Right. Um Coach K was coaching and you know all the guys were there, Carmelo, LeBron, younger LeBron. Kobe was more of the elder statesman, him and Jason Kidd. And everybody was there at that practice session at it was at Thomas and Mac or, or, or the Cox Pavilion there. And 90% of the reporters wanted to talk about Kobe's trade. It was great for me. Uh, just a little bit of uh, for me, uh, you know, a little personal but I was able to interview Chauncey Billups, Chris Boss, all I wanted. We, we talked about every, everything and anything under the sun. We talked about high school, college, AU, because everybody was there to, to interview Kobe. Focus, his, focus yeah, on Kobe. On his trade request. So when you look over the history of the NBA, what Anthony Davis is doing is not unprecedented. Now everybody's saying, 
well, these these um, smaller market teams will never have no leverage. Now we're talking about the CBA again, the collecting bargaining agreement. What are they going to do? And I guess well, the main they point, find them fifty thousand. Yeah, I think the main point is, and obviously, Rich Paul can pay that or, or well, whatever. They, they'll it's figure like it out. pocket change. So those guys, right? Yeah, it's pocket change, and that's the bigger issue. Is this money now in the last ten years is so much bigger with the TV contracts that a, a elite player, a really elite player, top five to seven player in the NBA, whatever you want to call him, can can make this kind of move because he can afford to take the hit with the original team that he's on. And basically, I think it's like the bird exception or whatever they call it, dude. Yeah. To, so where he can stay. Rose rule, bird exception. Yeah. Yeah. To, to stay with the, the team that he's on, the player can take the hit of the 30 million, 60 million, 80 million. Because the money after you get past 200 debt, 200 million debt, the number money's so big, it's not even gonna hurt his wallet. So I think that's where, as the money has gotten so big, a play, it's a become a player's league. I think if you right. look at the history of the NBA, and let's just say the last 30, 40 years, you know, I think David Stern was like super powerful in the way he could market the NBA with Bird and Magic making it much more prominent. He was an attorney, had that type of background. He was the power they had the power structure the, the league you know uh Sonny Vaccaro I think had that in in basketball in general be he you know in the 84 Olympics he 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 approached Michael Jordan and said let's make the Air Jordan that changed basketball mm-hmm. generally literally changed basketball at a, at a at a dinner meeting and Jordan was like well, what are we talking about here but he says go with me we, I know this is going to work and it did work so now as we go more to the current stage you look at LeBron and people think he has so much power, you know, regardless whether it's uh, in, influencing moves and firing coaches. Yeah, getting coaches fired, looking at the roster. So to swing it back to you, Devin, as you look at this Lakers roster, you know, what do you think is uh, they're going to be the, like an offer that makes sense? Now, you may not you may not be a mathematical cap whiz. But no, I don't. Yeah, I'm yeah, not a cap guy about, right now. Yeah, just talking about the ball and what's good for the Lakers, the on the court, you know, and obviously Boston can play in starting July 1st. They can make an offer basically on, on that, that rose rule, that rose rule you made. Yeah. I think the Lakers will probably be required to offer, you know, three pieces of that young core. Obviously it has to be three pieces, uh, with Lonzo ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram. Um, new Orleans is going to want those three guys in return for Anthony Davis to get the deal done before that February 7th trade deadline. Um, but so they're not in any rush to make that trade. Um, who do you give up? Who do the Lakers try and hold on to somebody in that, in that young core? And if, if they do, which guy is it? I mean, I think of those three, Brandon Ingram's the guy you get rid of in, as soon as possible, get him off your hands as quickly as possible. I think, it's tougher between Ball and Kuzma because Ball does the intangibles, the defense, um, passing, vision, you know, basketball IQ, where Kuzma is just a bona fide scorer. And he's one of the better scorers, you know, young scorers in the league, really. He does, he does a little bit of everything. He can shoot it, gets to the basket, super creative and crafty finisher. And Lonzo's shooting 41% from the free throw line and, and 32% from three, almost 33% from three. Um, so I think that's something the Lakers are going to grapple with. Ronnie, what, which guys would, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Which guy would you keep or would you just say, here's all three, bring, bring Anthony Davis to LA? 
Um, if you look at that that group of guys you're talking about, Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart, and some draft picks, you know, I, I don't think the Lakers are going to clean house like that. Um, I just don't think New Orleans has to pull the trigger on it, first of all. They can wait to see what Boston offers them just because of the league rules. But I'm I'm... I'm of the notion that they should give up two or three of those guys if they have to. Uh, would I hold on a ball or Kuzma? I'm not sure. Um, if I would try to probably hold on a Kuzma. Um, but if you want a you know a six six point guard who could do different things, but he ball's gonna have to pick up his game if they're gonna be a good playoff team with a chance in the West. Because you look at Golden State, they're the barometer. I think LeBron's looked at it like, okay, I know what I got now. I've been here you know, 30 games or whatever, and he's missed some, so he's had a chance to look. Doesn't seem like that core is good, Devin, but how good are they without, without you know, let's say without LeBron, just by themselves, how good are they compared to Boston's core of, you know, Jalen Brown, young core of Jalen Brown, you know, Jason Tatum in that group? What would you think? I mean, so that's kind of the the thing that New Orleans is probably weighing right now is which young core do they want to pick from? The Lakers' young core? Or the Celtics' young core, which, as you mentioned, uh, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, Jason Tatum. I think if you're if New Orleans is trying to win and be a playoff team right now, I feel like the Celtics' core is probably more ready to um, compete at that level, at the playoff level. I would say because they've been through it the last couple years in the East in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier had big playoff runs and Jason Tatum has been great his first two seasons. Um, so I think if New Orleans is, you know, trying to keep up its competitive edge um, in the East in after losing Davis, yeah, correct. You bring in guys who ha- have competed at that level. If you're trying to break it, break the whole thing up and uh, start from scratch, maybe the Lakers because Ingram has a ton of upside and balls, a, an extremely intriguing player. And, you know, does things on the court that not a lot of guys do. Um, but again, like you said, the Pelicans are in no hurry. Uh, it seems like right now they have all the leverage unless Davis comes out and literally says, Hey, I will only stop playing Lakers. or start yeah, stops playing. I only want to go to the Lakers starts fucking throwing yeah. shots over the backboard, backboard and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, don't seem like that's going to happen. No, no, but, um, I agree with you. I think players are, and fans are looking like, you know, why is this happening? Um, there's always been a history of business over proceeding on the court play. I, it's nothing new, even though fans might think that, you know, where is this coming from? And, um, you know, the great players have requested trades before. Um, that That's nothing new. Uh, I just think that the league has always been set up to to benefit the Lakers, Celtics, some other big market teams. Benefit business because... yeah. Those they, markets bring the most money. If they have the good correct. players, they bring in the most money, endorsements, things of that nature. Correct. So the money's gotten so big in the last 10 or 15 years that Anthony Davis can take the hit by financial hit by going to another team that's more competitive than staying with New Orleans Pelicans. You know, once you get to 70 million, 80 million, 200 million, the amount of money he's going to make, it doesn't even make doesn't that even matter. Much, right. doesn't even so, make that much yeah. of a difference. Once yeah. you get past 50 million, come on. Yeah. You know, and everybody goes, oh, this guy bought a house in L.A., folks. It's an investment. Rich people right, they, buy they do houses that. in L.A. <laughs> Don't panic property. because Kawhi Leonard 
buys a house in, in San, San Diego. Diego. Yeah. Like, that's what he should be doing because that house is going to be worth double in 10 years. Right. It's a great move for him. Right. As good as move as he made on the court. Right. Yeah, that's what p- rich people do. They buy houses in Southern California. Speaking, so. speaking of business, uh, yeah. we attended the Nike Extravaganza over the weekend at Modern Day High School. Um, 15 total games, 14 boys, one girls game over two days, Friday and Saturday. And, um, you know, it's, it's always a, a good tournament to see not only teams that um, are in-state and we've seen quite a bit, but also teams from out-of-state who we don't see as much. Um, one of the in- most interesting things happened, for me at least, happened um, when I checked into the media check-in area. Usually they hand you a manila folder um, with your media credential, like Wi-Fi login stuff and, you know, rules as to what you, where you're allowed to film, where you're allowed to stand and sit, etc. Um, but... This year, they didn't have the media packet in that folder or, a, excuse me, a program in that folder, which is usually something they provide you with. Um, and I asked the guy, where's where's no program? And he said, uh, kind of with a smirk on his face, it kind of felt stupid. Now, yeah, we're charging $5 um, for media for programs. And um, I said, yeah, I'll probably, I'm good. I'll, I'll save that $5 for like lunch because there's no food there either. Uh, for media so i gotta save that five dollars to get something to eat after i sit here for you know 27 hours over the weekend uh i'm used to walking in you know if there's a there's a program i i get i get one you get one with the cif pass if a a high school has a program sure um and they're they're willing to give it you know they're willing to give it uh maybe uh i just thought that was interesting yeah well this look at it from that standpoint of Devin. you know the teams barely you're smart enough to print out the rosters if you want to write, you know, some notes down. Uh, but if you're a fan, you probably want that program. And I have almost all the Nike extravaganza program. I think I just maybe don't have one. I've been to all of them, maybe except one. Do you have Do you have this year's? And the million dollar question is, do I have this year's? I do I'm have gonna, this year's. I'm going to say no. Oh, but you you did. But I didn't pay for it. <laughs> so don't don't tell McKnight. Yeah, he's so going to be over here knocking on the door trying to get that. Yeah, but the point is. Um, the five dollars, I I can promote the event. I say good things about the event. People go, they look at my tweets, or they look at you know the website for a schedule or something. So I'm a, I, I'm making that five dollars up for the event. I I just think it reaches a point where we say we're talking about Anthony Davis, we're talking about LeBron. Everything's business. Basketball is business at a certain level. When you look at this new NCAA recruiting calendar, and uh, a lot of the reasons why some of these states are pulling out is business, business wise, Devin. Everything's business. Um, I think people are saying, I am media. I'm in the media. You know, can I get a pass? I'm in the media. Everybody's, What's media? What is media? What is How the media? How do you define it? Yeah. So, you know, the print journalists, like, you know, Fryer, Steve Fryer from the OC Register, you know, Frank Burleson has been media, f- traditional print and journalist media for a long time. Eric Sondheimer, LA Times. And I'm hoping those guys are not paying the $5. I'm, I'm sure they did They, they yeah. did a lot. But you, what guys do filming is no different. In, in terms of me, new media, they, they're media members as well. I, th- I, I think it's a, so many people requesting credentials and we have this unbalance of people who feel people who, uh, you know, kind of re-recording games, doing social media. Oh, I do social media. I hear that a lot. I do social media. Uh, somebody who's been in this business a long time is not going to respect that. So uh, I think that level of respect and understanding of, of different various forms and platforms of medias needs to take place. So the, the the one dish I have today, the assist I would give out is if you if you 
or want to be in the meeting, you're an Aspire Media member, start a website, get a URL, do it on WordPress. It's, it's very cheap or free. Get an about page, a contact page. And like David, make sure say, you spell your spell things properly. Spell things correctly. <laughs> spell check is your friend. Spell check's your friend. That's Devin's dish for the day. My dish. Spell, please. Please. You spell check. You spell check or like ask your mom or dad yeah. or like brother or friend. Or like yeah. Look over it and yeah. give it a quick edit. They don't even have to be like. It doesn't have to be. A journalism person. Just no. anybody who knows how to read. Yep. And, and help you out. How, it's to help you out here. You guys, you know. And then we maybe the, the whole respect for the whole industry will go up because we have so many people saying they're media. I can't tell you, Devin, how many people tell me, oh, I'm in the media. I want to be in the media. Ronnie, how do you do this? Okay, you have a website? No, I just do Instagram. Well, do you own Instagram? Do you own Twitter? If you own Instagram, you wouldn't have to Great. worry about $5 for yeah. a packet. Correct. <laughs> if you own Instagram, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be having this conversation. You wouldn't be here. You'd be on so some you island. obviously don't. So you're making those people more money. Put a little money in your, invest in yourself. Yeah. Go to GoDaddy. Get a URL that works. And and fire away. I think that's the main thing we, you know, that we got to talk about. And when we talk about the event, you know, Devin, there are a lot of teams we've seen. Yeah, it's go, a let's, little go, bit, let's get back to basketball. Yeah, a lot of teams we've seen. Um, we've seen these teams a lot. The better teams in the CIF Southern section yep. around Southern California and the other various sections. Um, matchups are just like any other matchups. I guess the takeaway from this recent basketball events we went to was. You know, Rancho Christian, the number two team in the state, went straight from Hoopal West. I'm sorry, Hoopal and Spalding in, in back east in Massachusetts. And they went straight to Florida to take on and, and partake in the Montverde Academy Invitational. And they beat Wasatch Academy very handily in the semifinal. Well, that's a team that handed handled Santa Margarita fairly easy. Yeah, by I think it was I think it was 28 or yeah, and nearly we, 30. Santa Margarita last week. Handled Bishop Gorman pretty well. And yep. Bishop Gorman has beaten Rancho Christian. So then you go to the fact that Rancho went to the final after the big win over Wasatch. Then they lost pretty handily to Montverde Academy. Concerning Montverde beat them pretty handily, and they beat Sierra Canyon twice. What conclusion do it, we have, Devin? I mean, it kind of shows that the Southern California this year isn't at the elite, elite Super level. Elite level, nationally. Yeah, top five nationally. Right. They're a notch below that. We have good teams, but not great. And I think that's what we saw at the extravaganza. There was uh, 10 of the 14 boys' matchups were decided by double figures. By double figures, yeah. I, d- I went and back on my Twitter feed and and looked all those up. And the girls' game was a double-figure game. So that's 11 of the 15 games were decided by double figures. Um, I just want to go quickly go through some of the some of the highlights. Oak Hill Cruz to two easy victories, one over Santa Margarita, the other over Modesto Christian on Saturday. Uh, Bishop Gorman looked very good against Chino Hills. Uh, Ice Cottrell had a nice uh, matchup with Big O. Big O, uh, Faquan Davis is, is is gone from the team now, and he was a big piece um, for Chino Hills. He was a nice nice piece. So good high school player. Good high school player. So Bishop, a lot of Go- yeah, Bishop Gorman's guards really kind of dictated that game, especially Zayon Collins. He had twelve points and ten assists. Not huge stats, but just kind of how he controlled the, the pace game. and uh, understands the game and knows how to how to operate the point guard position. It was pretty impressive. Um, Jay Sarah. Had a nice comeback victory over St. Augustine. Two-point win. Uh, big win Augustine, them. Yeah, big one from them. St. Augustine from San Diego, which is uh, probably San Diego's best team, maybe along with Foothills Christian, I'd say. Yeah, I would put St. Augustine number one. Saints, as they call them in San Diego, is the number one team in the section right now. In San Diego. And, uh, you know, so the Trinity League had a couple losses. Obviously, the host modern day came up with a big win over Harvard-Westlake. Yep. Uh, kind of keep along the lines of that 
you know, kind of that kind of knocked Harvard Westlake out of the CIF Southern Section Open Division. For sure. They, were, they knocked him out of the, the chase for the, the There's eight open spots division. there. We'll yeah. talk about that in a little while. But, um, you know, from a more broader perspective, Oak Hill is ranked seventh in the country. Fab 50. They have two losses. Uh, they're a very good team because they lost to IMG Academy, which we talked about on our last episode. They had three McDonald's All-Americans. They lost without Cole Anthony, their point guard, their terrific point guard, uh, by five points. They lost to Imotep Charter, which is another top-ranked team down at the City of Palms. Mm-hmm. So Oak Hill kind of just cruised to those victories. They did. They did. And, and then Cam Thomas, great junior guard. Oh, yeah. Fantastic shooter. I can't was, imagine there's better shooters in the country. I think he was him. one of the kind of the – I mean, when, you, when you're at Oak Hill and you're you're a top-ranked you know kid like, like Thomas is, you're not really a breakout guy, but I think he just kind of – proved himself as one of the better scorers in that junior class. Am I right? Yeah, I would say he's got to be one of the two, three best scorers. I mean, he's a terrific shooter, as good as any shooter in California. Yeah, he's smooth as shit. I mean, yeah. that guy just gets to where he wants whenever he wants, and he makes it look effortless. And you you go to Cole. He wasn't. He played both games. He's been kind of nursing an injury. Like I said, he missed that IMG game a week earlier. Ankle injury, and, right? Yeah, and he has an ankle injury, and he didn't look 100%. He, I would say he was operating at 80 85%, and he still had dominant moments. Yeah. Uh, great player is the son of Greg Anthony, former NBA UNLV standout. Looks like he's got a Notre Notre Dame in his mix. He's undecided. He's got Oregon in his mix. North, North Carolina, Carolina. Yeah. so Georgetown. Yeah, he's going to be deciding here. You know, next month or two. So that that was good to see him out west. Obviously, we're not going to see them too too much and too often. Yeah. Um, Sherman Oaks Notre Dame came back to beat St. John Bosco. Yeah, uh, and that was a. 22 point game by in favor of Bosco in the third quarter and Zaire yeah. Williams and uh, Julian Rishwain, who's headed to Boston college. They kind of took over. They started hitting threes. And when, when Notre Dame gets going like that and their coach is kind of like an upstart guy, you know, kind of a raw, raw rally guy. When he gets intense and they start hitting shots, they, they can, they can erase just about any deficit as they showed. Bosco is, is down uh, quite a few guys though. Uh, Christian James starting point guard did not play. Christian Estrada, a starting forward, did not play. And obviously, Jonathan Salazar has been out since December, and he's probably the most important piece for that Bosco team. Um, and that, you know, Rancho Verde, we don't want to forget them. They crushed Villa Park to keep their, you know, run alive and potentially making that eight open field division. open field. And that's kind of what we want to segue into now is the open division field will be announced on Friday. Uh, three o'clock, Ronnie. Three o'clock. About three o'clock. Three p.m. Or we're going to announce later. the teams, folks. The Just teams, so not the not the not the pool play, not the pools and how not the seeds. Yeah, not the seeds in the two pools. There's the teams. Going to be two pools of four teams, eight teams total. Um, you know, when we talk about the pool plays, the first time the southern section is going to pool play, the other nine sections in the CIF in the state, you know, is going to have traditional brackets, whether they have you know eighteen bracket and open or sixteen team team bracket. Um, you know, the pool play is going to be based on points where the top seed who, you know, depending on Saturday's Battle of the Valley showdown. Battle of the what? Battle of the Valleys between, <laughs> I don't know what valleys, but the battle between Rancho <laughs> Christian and Sierra Canyon. Uh, Ran- Sierra Canyon comes in number one in the state in Cal High Sports rankings. Rancho Christian is number two, as they should be. It's a great game coming up. Um, between those two, it doesn't have the national pop, like you said earlier, yeah. Devin, that it might ha- could have had they have six losses between them but only one of those losses is in state yeah that's to santa margarita rancho christian has split with them yep sierra canyon like we said earlier has only lost to Monverde twice so that may decide who maybe gets in the quote-unquote weaker pool but ain't gonna decide much because the final is gonna be 
at a large facility. Right. Maybe Cal Baptist or what would what, what right. not be February 22nd, 23rd. CIF both, both teams. The, so the high seed in pool play automatically yeah. gets the home game. And that's it's not, a good change. Yeah, it's not like years past where it was like a coin yeah. flip or like a thing where if one team yeah. got a home game, the other team had to get a home game regardless first. of seed. Correct. So the one and two aren't really a huge deal because if one and two both advance to the regional final, win the pool, gonna, win the pool it's going to be played, excuse me, the section final, it's going to be played um, at a uh, large facility, large facility, a neutral site. Correct. Um, so it's not like they're going to be at home. Right. So that that's very important to mention because... I think there's a few important things we have to mention for the fans out there is the regionals compacted. So when you win the sectional, you go to the regional, all these eight teams are going to be in, in some kind of regional. So four of them are going to be in the top two finishes. Each are going to be in the SoCal open. And then the next four are going to be in division Division one in the SoCal regional. But just so you know, the SoCal regional is compacted. So that means for the first time ever on March 5th, which is Tuesday, the regional final is going to be at a host facility. It's not going to be like at a big venue like Galen or, right. you know, the pyramid. So yeah. the seating in the, in, in the, the regional in the arena is going to be very important. Yes. Whereas the seating in this eight man pool is not as, not as, as important. important. Yeah. No, because after you, if you lose your first game in the pool, you come back and win the second one. So and that's, you, that's a big yeah. different change. So hopefully the fans can understand that they're going to see the best teams. So Devin, why don't you give your your rundown a little of the teams, and I'll I'll kind of fill. Yeah, in I want yeah. Uh, I'll give know. my kind of locks uh, as I would put it at this point, unless we have any, um, you know, surprising outcomes within the next few days. Um, for me, my locks would be um, Sierra Canyon, obviously Rancho Christian, obviously uh, Corona Centennial. Uh, Coach Josh Giles is doing a great job there. Underclass, team. I think yeah, underclass team. They're going to be loaded for the next couple of years. Uh, they've lost to. Rancho Christian twice and Sierra Canyon once. So that's if those, those are your only three losses, then you're in. Um, I'm going to go Bishop Montgomery. I saw them defeat St. Anthony uh, earlier this week. And I think with the combination of, you know, senior talent and experience and coaching prowess, I think Bishop Montgomery gets in. They're going to be the Delray League champions unless, obviously, something weird happens. Well, they have no losses for Southern Section teams. No know, losses for Southern, right? Lost their schedule, their schedule is a little shaky. Sure, but but we their track record is very good. Track record is good. And and open th- since yeah. the open start is very good. And I feel like that's what the committee is kind of looking at. Not only yeah. not only the resume for this year, but kind of an overall program resume and things of that nature. Um, Etiwanda, I think Etiwanda is going to get in, um, unless they kind of you know take a dump at the end of the baseline league here. Um, Modern day. I think Modern Day is going to be in. They're going to, you know, if if, if St. John Bosco defeats Servite um, this week, this yeah. week uh, there'll be a co-Trinity League champion with Modern Day and Bosco. And um, Modern Day has to beat Olu this Modern week. Modern Day has to beat Olu this week. Which um, is a lot tougher than yeah, it is. Bosco beating Servite. For sure. For sure. Yeah, 100%. So we'll so see how that plays see how out. Trinity League shakes out. So you think the Trinity is going to get two teams or three teams? They could get three because Santa Margarita's resume is so good. They played so many tough teams. They played a really hard schedule. They beat Rancho Christian. Um, but who gets out then? Beat Gorman. Um, Damien's out. Okay, so we right. Got- but Rancho Verde's in. Correct. So if Rancho Rancho Verde has to beat Riverside Notre Dame this week to win the Ivy mm-hmm. League, if that outright. happens, if outright. that happens outright, they're in. So that if means one of the training league teams will be one out. One of them will be out. Uh, I'm not sure who you leave out. But Bosco if- beat Modern Day and Santa Margarita. Heads up. Correct. So, so are they in? But well, they're not healthy. They're not healthy. Um, 
again, the they can co be the co-champs of the Trinity with modern day, but they have the in a normal traditional bracket, they have the higher seed because they, they right. beat them head to head. Right, so they're the number one representative. They're so they the should number, be in. They should be in, but they has been precedent in the in the southern section open. You don't necessarily have to be the league champ to be the team that gets in. That's true. So, you know, it happened with Polly and, and Compton. Compton. Compton had a very good team when they had three D1 players a few years back. I believe it was the first year of the Open. So it's been very exciting. Um, I'm in, I think I'm. they're going to take two training league teams. I think one's going to be left out. It might be Santa Margarita just because of their – they have terrific wins. Look, at Santa Margarita has beat Rancho Christian. They handed Etiwanda one of their two losses. Yep. So it's Bishop be, Gorman. Bishop Gorman. Obviously beat, not, not, a, not a Southern section win, but a big win. A big win if you look at the overall – Resume, but they've also lost to Beverly Hills, right. Sherman Oaks, Notre Dame, Sherman Oaks, Notre Dame. So Riverside, Notre Dame, and they're not going to be the winning the league this week. So right. uh, very exciting stuff. Should be an exciting playoff. Let's, before before we take off, let's let's talk about the the Mission League and why a Mission League representative will not be in the Open Division. So the Mission League this year has gone to a postseason tournament to decide their champion. I guess that's the best way to describe it. Would be taking place at the end of this week. It'd be yeah, the championship game will be on Friday after the selection, the eight teams are announced. So Loyola is the number one seed in that mission. And league they won tournament. the mission league regular season. They won the mission league regular season. Great job by Jamal Adams this year. Oh yeah, for sure. Um great coaching job. But Loyola, if they win the mission league tournament, they're not gonna be in divi- not not gonna be in the open division, even though Don't they have like a, it. even even though they have a head to head victory against St. John Bosco. A full strength St. John Bosco. Say full strength, St. John Bosco at at St. John Bosco. Wow. What's I what's what's your take on how do we how do we explain that? Well, I think if you look at there's only eight teams like we said about um we said about the McDonald's selections recently. There's gonna be somebody unhappy among these uh Nine or ten or eleven I, teams. I think Loyola will probably be happy though. I think this is a different <laughs> think, kind of think, snub. But I think yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is the teams that have a legitimate chance to win this pool and be in the final? You know, um, or the team that you just look at personnel and say, okay, who can who can win this? Right. That may be the the is caveat there, okay. where you look at Santa Margarita. They have beaten a Rancho Christian. And they got two D one guys. Santa has beaten a Gorman. Right. And, and and they have the personnel to to do good in this. Where is it, will Loyola do good? Or who knows? Maybe they don't win the 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 league tournament that's solved. And it South. doesn't even matter, right? We're just but, bitching about nothing. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. Uh, again, Jamal Adams done a great job. His best player, Keith, who's gonna be a for yeah, James Keith. James Keith's father, Adam, played at Stanford. He's going to Stanford as well. Can't you got to give him a, a lot of credit? And uh, Jamal Adams also a great player at Loyola. So I want to shout out him. He's been a great guy over the years. Uh, I'm but, with you. I'm, I'm very interested in how this is going to play out, but I'm in the bigger picture. I'm just to see how the the regional breaks off because the sections have been so different in their playoffs that the seating has been a little off. Just like last year, uh, you know, Taft was the number 15, 15 seed yeah. in, in SoCal D1. Tory Pines was number two, and I was like, "Great, Tory Pines is the underdog at home, and Tap <laughs> beats him. Tap beat him pretty, so, pretty easily. Yeah, so that's it's just amazing. It's going to be a great game on the second, Devin. Uh, why don't you give us a little breakdown on what you think is going to happen at the, the battle, battle of the valleys, of, the battle of the Death Valley, the battle of Death Valley. Um, what do you see there? I mean, I think Sierra Canyon wins just strictly based on um, guard play. I would say okay with Cassius. 
and Scotty Pippen, Pippen. and um, Al Simpson, the X. Al Simpson, who's tough as nails, and Amari Bailey, uh, you know, the f- stud freshman, really stepped up, big time athlete. I, I think, I think Sierra Canyon wins that game, and I think I don't know, I don't know if it's convincing. I don't know if it's a convincing win, but I think that they, I think they win. Interesting. Well, like I said, Rancho Christian has four losses, maybe a little more than they want, but they lost to McKeecher in the number two team in the country. They lost to Gorman, and they split with Santa Margarita, and they've lost to Montverde. Uh, man, that's that's tough. So they've had some good wins. So they they can come out of there. I think Santa, I think Rancho Christian can lose this game and bounce back and win the whole thing sure. more than Sierra Canyon can if they lose this game. Interesting. I think if Sierra Canyon loses this game, the, the doubts are going to creep really? in okay. a little more. I just think they're they're more apt to if they win this, they'll be really fired up, right? And let downs too much. Let let downs a little too much. I think for for Rancho Christian, they've played a college like schedule. Yeah, this is just another game on it. They got to okay. get through, and the games because of uh, KDLC, KDLC double KDLC booking. Double. It was supposed to be at Cerritos. Now it's more of a pro Sierra Canyon crowd for sure in Pasadena, in Pasadena, Pasadena City College. Yeah, so I think that might just give them a little bit of the edge they need. And, they, you know, it's going to be a great game. Should be a great preview to the playoffs. Um, you can catch that game on KD. If you don't want to drive out to Pasadena City College, you can catch that game uh, live on KDOC. Our guy, uh, Paul Westfall. Our guy, Paul Westfall and Randy Rosenblum are going to be calling the game. Two yeah. great gentlemen. Um, our guys, Tanner Schofield and Taylor Gillum, Produces. will be on the... Great producing. Yep, they'll be on the cameras and uh, doing the replay booth and all that. So those guys are great dudes. Dave Otta does a great job. Great producing. And uh, But you can, you know... If you want to go to that game, support high school basketball. Support high school basketball. It's going to be a good one for sure. And there's a couple games before that as well. Uh, Santa Clarita Christian's playing um, Valencia and Colonies, that second game. Um, so Agent that, Zero. Agent Zero, Cedric Colony. C. Colony. The most underrated senior in Southern California. Go see him. Great. So, <laughs> again, support that. Thank you for supporting us. Devin, why don't you bring us home? Yeah, we really appreciate um, all the listens we get from, you know, if you like us or if you don't like us, whatever. Um, you know, we're always open to feedback. Anything you guys have to say, we, we'd love to hear how we can make this show better. Uh, what kinds, except, unless you're Rick Isaacs and Jim Jones and all you're doing is complaining. We don't want to hear that from you, you guys, you old sons of Geezers. bitches. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for supporting. Yeah, so, uh, check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can subscribe there and get notifications for when the next episode uh, is posted. Um, we're trying to bring you on you know, weekly. Uh, this is episode nine, and we're uh, closing out, and we're going to be going to watch a little bit of hoops for the rest of the week. Thanks again, you guys, for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on In the Paint.